Bloody Elbow presents the MMA Bunker. Pull down the blinds and encrypt your comms. Our fearless leader is on lockdown and back in his bunker after a long hiatus. He's providing his thoughts on the UFC, the state of MMA business, incriminating rumors, and the latest spicy headlines. Complete with the MMA tete-a-tete, featuring interviews with guests from the MMA community. Pay Bloody Elbow Podcast Substack subscribers will hear bonus content if available at the end of the broadcast. Be sure to subscribe at bloodyelbow.substack.com for our newsletter and at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com for our podcast network. Follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at facebook.com slash bloodyelbowblog, and as always on bloodyelbow.com. Thanks for listening. Here's your host, Kid Nate Wilcox. Hola, MMA connoisseurs. This is Kid Nate Wilcox bringing you back once again to the MMA Te-A-Te. And this time we've got a very special guest. This man is actually the very first person I emailed when I started Bloody Elbow. This is Zach Arnold of Fight Opinion. Zach, welcome to the show. Well, did you get bad advice from me? (laughs) Well, what I was hoping you would do is take over Bloody Elbow and you refused. So it was a good decision on your part, but (laughs) not what I wanted. Oh, you're doing a good job. Keep up the good work. I mean, in this environment, it's so weird because I recently tried to connect with a lot of friends and I've noticed a lot of people have left the space. So it's, uh, I feel like uh, we're the last one standing on this front. Indeed. And tell people who aren't familiar with uh, with Fight Opinion about Fight Opinion, because you've been on hiatus for yourself for quite a while. I had initially been a translator and a writer in the 90s. We started the website in in the early 2000s, covering a lot of what was happening in in the hardcore fight between Pride and UFC. We covered the entire downfall, and then uh, we covered the aftermath and everything that happened and all the different challenges to UFC from Strike Force to Bellator, and at some point, uh, it got things got so crazy with Endeavor buying out UFC, and it's been a completely different world. And a lot of the contacts I had during that time period, they got out of the business, or they moved on, or things happened. And so I took a break to take care of personal matters, and then uh, now I resurfaced. And I realized the media space is completely uh, a ghost town, and it's shocking to me. And just wait until Google uh, replaces search results with AI-generated argle-bargle that they're threatening to do. So we'll see. But And when you say downfall, I want to clarify for people who weren't following, he's talking about the downfall of Pride, which was in the late 90s and early 2000s, by far the biggest mixed martial arts promotion on earth, way bigger than UFC, much bigger purses, much bigger audiences. And, you know, it fell apart. Yakuza connections uh, were alleged that ultimately caused Pride to lose its network TV deals. And then ultimately Zufa, the parent company of the UFC at the time, purchased Pride. And that's why Pride's entire library is part of, of, of the UFC's streaming library. But let's talk about current events. Now, the, thing, the big thing that's happened in the combat sports business this year is Endeavor's purchase of the world wrestling I don't even know what the E stands for. World WWE. What's the E stand for? Entertainment. Entertainment. World Wrestling Entertainment. And they bought it from Vince McMahon. Now, was this a cash purchase? Did they roll up $16 billion in cash to Vince's house and put it in his bank vault? Or, or how was this done? 
this is going to be a a trust of sorts on paper. So you're going to end up with Endeavor having a slight ownership edge over WWE in this trust. It'll be called TKO. But because it's done on paper, any taxation is deferred. So in other words, you got this move between two companies, two huge companies. They're going to build a new company with all of their assets and the numbers work for each party because they solve each other's, each other's um, questions. They don't have any problems. Unlike a lot of companies in Wall Street right now, they have a lot of cash flow. They look awfully attractive compared to most entertainment properties, as we recently saw with Disney's numbers and Warner Brothers and Paramount. They all look ugly. But if you're Endeavor, you're looking pretty good. Your stock has gone up over year to year. It's gone up over 30%. Uh, the news of this um, TKO trust uh, has been celebrated universally. And it makes a lot of sense because it covers a lot of the 25 to 54-year-old demographic in the sports fan base that's not into football. And what was it about WWE from a business and an asset standard that made them so attractive to Endeavor? Is it that they were dying to get to expand their combat sports or combat sports entertainment offerings? Or was there something in the WWE portfolio that was especially attractive to them? First, the cash on hand for WWE is crazy. Second, the licensing opportunities are par excellence. It, it, the WWE is the greatest uh, generator for licensing and merchandising that you could possibly imagine. So you have Endeavor working with fanatics to work with WWE. And the, and the third thing is all of these parties, whether it's Ari Emanuel, Vince McMahon, Dana White, they've known each other for decades. Uh, they may not be in cocktail parties every weekend, but they talk all the time. They've done business repeatedly. They know each other. And this was an opportunity for Vince to um, go out high, keep his job until he's dead, and then not pay any tax. So, so he, he gets to go on his terms saying, I went out with a $9 billion paper evaluation. I don't pay any tax on it, and I kept my job. I mean, that, that, that is the perfect gig because if he had sold to the Saudis or he sold to someone else, you're talking about a cash transaction. You're talking a heavy ta a tax transaction. And realistically, no one else in the space would be viewed as superior to Endeavor in terms of being honored. And why – Let's two, two questions. Before Endeavor made this purchase, what was their cash situation, and were they carrying a heavy debt load? Was this something they needed to do to get to their, to their current very pretty uh, balance sheets? In this market where debt refinancing is very difficult because of higher interest rates and also a credit crunch, uh, getting credit now at a bank or a financial institution is very tough. And if you're going to get venture capital for any sort of project, uh, you're paying much more on favorable terms. By doing this deal with WWE on paper, you get their cash access, and it makes any sort of debt ratios you have much smaller and you look much more attractive because all of the free cash flow that's coming in from UFC, from WWE, it is crazy. 
I hate to bring it up, but if you look recently at Disney's numbers that just came out, these companies are trying to stay flat and consider that a win. UFC and WWE are breaking record numbers. These numbers that are coming in for them on licensing and on pay-per-view, they are so attractive. So the idea of taking the best of WWE's assets and the best of UFC's assets and putting them on paper and saying we are one entity, uh, it just makes complete and total sense. Plus, again, I remind you, they pay no tax. And that always matters. And yet, just about, what was it, 17 months ago, 18 months ago now, Vince McMahon had seemingly been put out to pasture by his own daughter and son-in-law because of a litany of allegations, primarily that he had made payoffs to people who were allegedly victims of sexual misbehavior at his hands. What changed, or, or why does Endeavor care less about that than Vince McMahon's own family did? Um, primarily because if you're in Hollywood, you've seen it once, you've seen it a thousand times, and you have experience in handling it for better and worse. Simple enough answer. And is this tied to the lack of consequences for Dana White when he was caught on video uh, slapping his wife? I would not go as far to make that connection. I will say that probably during um, behind the scenes negotiations with WWE, it was a uncomfortable situation that it arose. And I think for their perspective, they had to make sure that um, if they didn't handle it right, that the whole thing could go fall apart. So just plow through and keep your head down and make the deal. I see. I see. And this entity, TKO, is just WWE and UFC. Endeavor has tons of other assets. Why those two and why are they being separated from the rest of the company and how will that work? Will Endeavor be the owners of both or, or just a partial shareholder of this new TKO? How, how does it work? To access the bonus content of this show, you must be a paid subscriber. To do that, go to bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com and subscribe today. Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Podcast Network production. Subscribe at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com. Give us your email and receive notifications when your favorite shows drop straight into your inbox. We're also found on a wide variety of podcast outlets, including SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, SiriusXM, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, Overcast, Google Podcasts, Music B, RSS Radio, IMDB, and now also found in your app store on apps such as Downcast, the podcast app, iCatcher, Podcruncher, Podbean, and more. Just search for Bloody Elbow Podcast and you will get brand new shows throughout the week, including the Care Don't Care Podcast, the Level Change Podcast, the Hey Not The Face Podcast, the MMA Vivisection Main Card and Prelims UFC Preview Shows, the 6th Round Post-Fight Show, Crooklyn's Corner, the 6th Round Retro, the Show Money Podcast, the MMA Depressed Us, 
exclusive fighter interviews, and the return of the MMA bunker. <laughs>